Welcome back to Share Your Voice, a podcast that proves kindness is inclusive. And I'm your host, Cassidy Miller. What is it that makes a great coffee shop? Is it the variety of flavors? The option to add a pastry or sweet treat to the order? Or is it the people who make it all come together and know just what you need to satisfy that little caffeine craving? My guest today is Beaver Shriver, co-founder of Rise and Nice, a coffee and ice cream shop that offers so much more than a cup of joe. A longtime champion for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, he sees opportunity, where others may not. Rise and Nice, through their partnership with the Haven and Easter Seals, are celebrating the wonderful gifts and talents of those differently abled, and the end result is nothing short of delicious. Welcome to the show, Beaver. It's a pleasure having you here. Sure. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you reaching out and letting me talk about what we're up to with Rise and Nice. The United Nations Department of Economic and Social Affairs lists a somewhat dated survey that says only about 35% of people in the U.S. with disabilities are employed, and two-thirds of those surveyed said they would like to be working but could not find jobs. Assuming those numbers are still accurate, how does Rise and Ice fit into this puzzle? Can you give us a little background on your coffee and ice cream shop and why your mission is so important right now? The, the figure that I generally use is 80% unemployment for the population that we aim to employ. Uh, and those are individuals with intellectual and developmental disability. It's, it's a super high percentage for these guys. Uh, the typical population unemployment right now is whatever it is, six and a half, seven percent which everybody's kind of whining about. Uh, but when you look at the guys with intellectual and developmental disabilities, uh, those guys have been dealing with an 80% unemployment rate forever to me, is just not right. And uh, and that's really one of the main reasons to offer employment to these guys through things like uh, our coffee and ice cream shop, Rise and Nice. I first learned about Rise and Nice from Morgan, who is one of your employees and is a great friend of mine. I believe this is her first job and she loves working there. What type of job training is offered, and in what ways does Rise and Nice help prepare employees for career growth? So, Morgan worked this morning. She's a she's a treat. <laughs> she's lots of fun. She has Down syndrome, and she loves working in the shop. Uh, she's fairly active on social media, so it's been fun to see her response to how things have been going for her in the shop. Uh, she'll do posts. She's getting ready to come to work. She's in her apron. Uh, she got her first uh, share of the tips <laughs> that uh, that we split up at the end of the month, and she posted about that and was super excited. So it's been fun to see her reaction to having a job and having a place to finally be seen and heard. Uh, that's a, a big part of what we're doing. It's It's great these guys get a paycheck. They get an apron. They get a business card. But I think more importantly, they get the, the dignity of having a job, the opportunity to have a platform to be seen and heard finally. We've excluded this population for so long, and it's really fun and exciting to be able 
to offer um, inclusion for them uh, in, in the general community. So it's, it's, it's really been heartwarming and exciting to see how these guys are just, they're growing, they're excited to come to work. Uh, they're so happy to be, again, finally included and, uh, uh, and just have their own space to be. It's, it's their shop. We're just there to support them uh, with good food and good coffee. Uh, just to set them up for success. You asked about jobs, skills training. Most of what we do is, is on-the-job training. Uh, as you mentioned, um, you didn't think Morgan had a job before. I don't think she did. Most of the guys and girls that work in the shop have never had a job. So we work on everything, again, on-the-job training, everything from just dealing with customers, some basic social skills, and then there's some really specific skills that these guys need to, to learn to work in the shop. Everything from uh, making a latte to running our point of sale system, our, our cash register system, to scooping ice cream, to making the ice cream, making the cookies, uh, just overall running the shop. So lots of different jobs that we offer. And most of our staff have come in, sort of sampled a little bit of, of all the different parts of the job, uh, and then kind of found their favorite spot. We give them the opportunity to try different areas. We push them a little bit, uh, certainly not hard, but we say, hey, why don't you try working on the ice cream side today and, and taking orders, or maybe you want to try the register and we'll help you through. So as part of that training, we have uh, jobs coaches and team leaders all around the shop that assist. So in a normal coffee and ice cream shop, there might be three per people working on a given evening. Uh, and we probably have eight or nine that are working just because of the, the support that's needed and the job skills training that we want to provide. Another interesting thing that we did before we opened up, and it's ongoing now, we partnered with a virtual reality company in town in conjunction with Easter Seals and the virtual reality company, which is called Three Six and Zero. That we sounds developed, fun. It's really fun. So <laughs> we developed a virtual coffee shop. Uh, using our existing shop. Our employees and our potential team members can get under the hood in virtual reality and feel like they're in in our shop. It's got everything from our neon coffee sign to the yellow tile. It, it looks exactly like our coffee shop. Uh, we've got two modules set up now. One is a coffee grinder, so they can walk through all the different steps that are involved in, in grinding a pound of coffee. Uh, everything from opening the bag to scooping out the beans. And we've got, I mean, they walk right through the whole thing. They get sort of graded and timed. There are all sorts of different levels they can do. So it's a great learning tool. And then we also have our coffee machine as one of the modules. And so they virtually push the button and they hear the coffee come out and the steam created. So it's great uh, for people with autism. They can get used to all these crazy sounds in a coffee shop. The background noise, it's people chatting in the shop, and the grinder goes off, and it's really loud. So it gives everybody just a chance to, to be immersed in the environment without ever actually stepping in the door. <laughs> so because of the pandemic, how difficult has it been to launch and maintain a business? I know with so many of your employees, they're at risk because of their pre-existing conditions. So have you had to implement any increased safety measures, or what are you guys doing? So opening the shop was a little bit of a challenge with all this going on. Uh, and the one thing that, that we didn't anticipate that was part of the challenge was even getting equipment. So different factories and suppliers 
shut down for a while. So we had to get in line to get our coffee machine. We had to get in line to get the coffee grinders. We had to get in line to get the, the ice cream cabinet. Uh, so that delayed things to, to get the shop open. Uh, and then certainly all the new protocols that really every uh, restaurant or every shop really has to follow or should follow to ensure safety for everybody. Um, just extra cleaning, uh, ensuring everybody wears a mask, uh, getting tested regularly, all those sorts of things we had to implement, which in a normal situation uh, we wouldn't have to do. But with our population, we have really left it up to the individuals, their parents and caregivers, uh, whether or not they are comfortable coming in to work. Uh, our shop, it's it's wide open. We don't have we have a handful of indoor seating spots. Um, we've got a lot of outdoor seating, and we have a big giant garage door that, that we can open. So for us, it's people coming in and grabbing a cup of coffee, getting a scoop of ice cream, ordering some beignets, whatever it is, and then they and they head out and go home, or they head outside and sit in our outdoor seating. So that's been a one of the bonuses uh, for us with the shop layout that uh, we can keep people outside and and uh, separated. So why do you think the Rise and Ice concept is proving so successful? And are there any plans to franchise this idea to other cities and states? I think it's been really successful so far because people uh, are seeing what we're doing and understanding what we're doing and embracing what we're doing. I, I know that lots of people come into the shop and they, they haven't met somebody with Down syndrome. They haven't spoken with anybody with autism. And so here's here's the opportunity. Here's the chance for them to to meet somebody they've never maybe talked to, and realize that gosh, uh, Caleb has all these amazing abilities, and all that I have been seeing is the one disability that that I can see. He's got Down syndrome, and people see that, and it's either the fear of difference or <clears throat> or they're not sure how to talk to somebody like that. So for me, it's been really fun to talk with people who who pop in. And, and they, again, haven't met somebody like these folks. But here's, here's a chance, and many of them are just so moved by what's going on, and they finally realize what's going on and, and see all these abilities um, that our team members are finally able to show. And uh, it's just so much fun to see them shine and enjoy what they're doing and share their abilities with, with the customers that come in. So do you think you're going to franchise this idea to other cities, or do you think you're just going to stay? Well, the plan is to expand. Uh, initially, we're looking at doing additional shops that will just be under our own umbrella. Uh, this is actually uh, the, the lead program for my nonprofit, which is called Inclusion Revolution. Uh, so we plan to expand uh, as soon as we can, once we get comfortable with this one, <laughs> get all the kinks worked out. Uh, we'll get ready to expand. And eventually we may franchise, um, but it's a little scary to kind of let this thing sort of out of our control just because of, of the mission that's behind it. We want to be super sure that somebody who's going to take on a, a shop similar to ours and it's under our name, that they really follow our mission and, and have the same feelings that we do about this whole uh, about the whole scene and what we're trying to create. So speaking on Inclusion Revolution, what is it? And can you give us some background on some of your other projects you're doing right now? Well, Inclusion Revolution, that's uh, a 501c3 nonprofit uh, that I started here. And the lead program for it, the main program uh, for it is 
Rise and Nice, the coffee and ice cream shops. Uh, and that's the whole reason for the existence of the nonprofit. And the reason for that nonprofit is just to be able to operate these shops. As I mentioned before, a typical shop of this size, uh, we would have a third of the payroll that we have right now. So that makes it extra challenging to run this as a standalone uh, uh, business, to have it stand on its own two feet. We can solicit donations. We can apply for grants. Uh, just come up with some other funding sources to help us keep the doors open. So that's the idea behind the nonprofit. Uh, again, that's uh, that's the uh, the main uh, entity that this business operates under. Uh, we've got a several several other nonprofits uh, that we operate and have some programs under those. Uh, the other lead one that's going on uh, now actually paused it because of the the virus that's going on. Um, but the other nonprofit we have, my wife and I, is called. Uh, Shriver Education for the Arts, and the main program there, it's called Big Magic Studios, and we have um, uh, artists with disabilities who come in and uh, into my wife's art studio, and they create whatever art they want to do. They work on canvas, they work on paper, uh, pen and ink, watercolor, whatever they want to use, and the art that they create, uh, we take it and make products from it, everything from silk scarves, uh, they designed the coffee bag labels, uh, and then uh, then they're paid for doing that art. So right now that's on hold, again, because of the virus, but uh, we hope to get that going again soon. When I first reached out to you for an interview, my initial objective was to learn more about Rise and Eyes. Mm -hmm. However, when I started to research the business, I learned there was so much more you were doing. I dug deeper and deeper, so I found more. And you're involved as well in Special Olympics and Best Buddies and those kind of things. So can you tell us a little bit more about those as well? Sure. Um, well, I've been involved with, with those organizations at, at one level or another really my whole life. Uh, it's been a big part of, of what I've always done. Uh, I grew up with uh, some some friends uh, who had autism, so I think that had a lot to do with with what drove me to begin to do this this kind of work, uh, my mom was always taking me out to to various places to to volunteer and to to help again with this population and other populations that uh, uh, that are often neglected and forgotten and uh, institutionalized even. So it's just been a big part of, of my life forever, and um, wherever I've ended up, uh, moving here and there, uh, this community is sort of always. Uh, I guess attracted me, and uh, so wherever I end up, that's just what I what I keep doing. It's fun. <laughs> so, pulling from your many years of experience working with people with disabilities, what's the most important lesson you've learned? I think probably the most important lesson I've learned is is these are just people, and uh, they have the same desires and needs as as somebody who is part of the typical population. Uh, they want to have friends. They want to have a job. They want to be treated just like everybody else. Um, so they, they want to go to the movies with friends. They they want to have a job. They want to go out to dinner with somebody. They want to be uh, included, not excluded, and, and not forgotten. I think, again, just the, the key for me has been to just treat these people uh, in this community like, like everybody else. They're just regular people. They just have one or two disabilities, and we need to just see their abilities and uh, and realize that and just let those abilities shine and, again, just treat them like, like anybody else. And they want these kind of opportunities, so 
including them as much as you can always helps. Absolutely. Yep. That's, that's our a big part of our mission is just to have them included and, and let uh, customers come in and meet them and, and again, see that they're just, just like everybody else. They're proud to have a job. Uh, they love getting paychecks <laughs> and their share of the tips. Uh, and they love showing their abilities. They love to let people know that, hey, I don't just work here, but I also, I dance. I'm a competitive ballroom dancer. Uh, or I've got a, a legitimate black belt in Taekwondo. So just, just again, being able to share that with people and letting people realize that, my gosh, this guy's amazing. He's so much more than I, than I thought by just sort of passing him on the street. So what kinds of things can we do to include more and spread kindness to those who are differently abled? Uh, I think, as I mentioned before, just to treat them like anybody else. You pass somebody on the street uh, and you just say hello. You just strike up a conversation. Uh, you give them opportunities. Uh, you let them know that they haven't been forgotten. Um, even for these guys being in line for vaccinations, it, it's been a struggle to get them uh, included in the list for vaccinations. As you mentioned, uh, these guys, many of them have pre-existing conditions um, and are more susceptible to contracting the virus and having complications if they do contract the virus. Uh, and, and again, it was the forgotten group with this whole vaccination uh, lineup. So just just even for that, it's, it's just a struggle for these guys all along the way. So we all just need to, to realize they're here um, they're part of our community. We should embrace them and, uh, and not forget about them. For more information about Rise and Eyes and how you can become part of the inclusion revolution, please visit riseandeyes.com. That is R-I-S-E-A-N-D-N-Y-E-S dot com. Well, I just wanted to thank you for joining us. It's been a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time and, and for including us. <laughs> thank you. All righty.